If y'all know, last week uh, we went on a mission trip, 17 of us from this church went to Houma, Louisiana, and we went there, it was about a year ago, this August, I think about a year ago, that um, Hurricane Ida had gone through that area by New Orleans and and Houma and that Morgan City and all that area, and really basically just the wind was terrible. The water wasn't as bad as Katrina, but the wind was real bad. And so what had happened was is that many of the roofs got uh, damaged, many of the houses got damaged. And so this is a year later almost, and we're going to try to help. And there's just hundreds and hundreds of houses that are still um, without electricity. And one of the homes that we worked on uh, we were trying to get the electricity back to where it needed to be. I think we got it to where now uh, this person can live in one room in the house that we got sheetrocked. And then we had some electricians with us that could go through and they, they put everything in where it needed to be. And so basically we named this trip Rebuild Louisiana. Now we couldn't go and rebuild the whole state of Louisiana, but we made it and we called it Rebuild Louisiana. You know, when we first got there, we had, we had one home that we were working with, and then we had another home that we were trying to sheetrock and get the electricity going. And then there also was a church there called Christ Baptist Church who had damage, and we wanted to get them back to where they needed to be. The pastor was 83 years old, had been a, a pastor, a bivocational pastor for about 60 years, and he had been doing so much work at that church to get it back. And I think starting next Sunday, uh, they're going to have their first worship services in their auditorium with all the work that's been going on and God's just blessed them. And that's going to be a great time for them. Their whole auditorium, their roof almost just, I mean, not almost, it came completely apart. And so, and all the water went down in there. And so Rebuild Louisiana was a very important thing that I felt like our church Uh, that God had called our church to do to try to help uh, some homes there and just pray that other people will go. They say it's going to take four to five years to fix all the homes that are going on there in in home of Louisiana. And so when we first got there, we dropped everybody off where they needed to be. And I looked at Scott Flanagan and Scott, and I said, Scott, we need to go over to the Douglas house, which was a house that we needed to work on. It needed a new floor. And so we went over there and of course, we were just kind of getting there on, on Sunday night. On Monday morning, Scott and I went over there, and the, the trailer was at the church, but we wanted to just go and look at it. Now, Buddy and I had already gone on a scouting trip and seen what needed to be done, but we wanted to go and see what's been done since we had gone on that scouting trip. And so all we had was a bag of tools that I had brought. We didn't have the trailer or anything, which was one crowbar. It was a crowbar about that big. So we walked into this room, and we got a picture of the, that right there is, uh, you see down at the bottom of the screen is what the floor was on top of it, but we took that crowbar and we pulled the floor up because we wanted to see what the floor looked like because when you walked, when you stepped on the floor, it's almost like you were going to sink in and fall. And so we pulled that floor back, and you see here now, so what happened next is we walked out, and Scott said very brilliantly, you know, take brilliant people with you. I think we need some more crowbars. That's basically what he said. And so we got a, a team together to go work on this, this uh, house, 
And so right here then is the team went in and they actually pulled up that whole floor. And then what happened is over the next few days, they put down a subfloor, which is the plywood. And so we put plywood and then we had two, two people come in and paint the room because the room needed painting. And then at the very end, we put down the new floor. So in a week, we were able to rebuild that room. And at the same time, we were able to rebuild the kitchen, which basically had the same problem. We had to pull up the floor. We had to put down plywood. So the kitchen, even though we didn't get a new floor on there, it's got the plywood down and it's ready to go for the next group. And so that was why we called that Rebuild Louisiana. And I started thinking while I was there, and it really was a God thing that God just kind of put it in my mind. He said, you know, God's given us the opportunity to go and help rebuild. And then I thought about God and how great God is. And then I thought about us and what happened in the Garden of Eden. And you know, God didn't rebuild Louisiana, but what, hap what happened in the Garden of Eden with sin, God didn't just have to rebuild Louisiana, God had to rebuild all humanity. And so I'm calling this sermon basically Rebuild Humanity. We went and rebuilt Louisiana. Well, God had to rebuild all of humanity because of what happened in the garden. And so we're gonna talk about rebuilding. We're gonna talk about what God's doing with you right now because of what happened in the garden. Because what happened in the garden was worse than any hurricane that could ever have happened. Worse than any storm that we've ever seen in our whole life. What happened in the garden was what brought sin upon the world. And so when you rebuild, God, God through his grace and through his love, at that very moment that sin came into this world, through what happened in the garden, we know that God started to rebuild humanity. And so I just want to read that. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Genesis 3. I want you to see, first of all, what happened. God created the heavens and the earth. He said it was all good. God had the garden. They weren't, they weren't to partake of a certain tree. And what happened is sin came into the world. Before that time, everything was great. There was no sickness. There was no death. God was there. They were in the Garden of Eden. Everything was great. And then in chapter 3, it says this in Genesis. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field of which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat, nor should you touch lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will, surely, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate it. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes, both of their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig, fig leaves together to make themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God among the tree of the garden. You know, that was, that's kind of sad. That, that verse right there just makes me sad every time that, that because they knew that they had sinned, they tried to hide from God. 
You know, we never can hide from God. And our sin and where we are in our life, God knows where we are. And, and so I'm just encouraging you when you have sin in your life, when you have something that happens in your life, anything, even if it's good or even if it's something that's troubling you, don't hide from God. God is the one you should go to first. And I'm just encouraging you because God's there to help you rebuild, help you rebuild your life because of what sin's taken away. Then God, this is verse nine now. Then God called to Adam and said, where are you? Well, he knew where they were, but still. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Haven't, have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you, you should not eat? The man said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me a tree. She gave me of the tree and I ate it. Okay, that's a sermon of another day. And the Lord God said to the woman, who it, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. That's a sermon for another time too. But see, in 14, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle and more than any beast in the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And it goes on through this whole rest of this chapter just talking about what happens because of the sin. And you get to the very, very end of it, and you realize now sin has come into the world. Mankind has the sin nature. Me and you, from that day forward, are, have a sin nature in us. We have sin in our lives. This body that we have now, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is now to die. If we do not find, uh, if God didn't already provide a way, if there was not a way for us to get to God, then this spirit, that this soul that we have inside of us, then that, that would just be a soul that is destined to be in sin the rest of our life. And so God had to rebuild, to rebuild humanity, which like I said, is because of sin, we need God to come in and step in to rebuild what had happened in the garden. Bigger than any storm you'll ever see in your whole life. Bigger than any hurricane that you're gonna have or any tornado is what happens because of what happened in that garden. And you and I both tonight, we had that sin nature in our life. Because of the free will that God had given us, this storm called sin and the sin nature, God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ for the rebuilding time. And throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, as you read the story, it's a story of God's love, as God loves you and cared for you and knew that the devil was not gonna win by what happened in the garden. Jesus is gonna win because of what happened on the cross. And he is gonna rebuild your life no matter what. And so we're gonna talk about that tonight. And I ask you, in every area of your life, God wants to help rebuild you. The first area we're gonna talk that he wants to help rebuild you is he wants to do a physical rebuild. Now in these houses, we did a physical rebuild. We actually went in there, tore the floor down, put a new floor in. We also put walls up, we put sheetrock up. We put all that, we were physically trying to rebuild this, but the physical rebuild that I'm talking about is our physical body. You know, when God created the heavens and earth and God created man and woman, what God did is he took some dust from the earth 
And then he breathed into it and he created that creation that God made. He breathed into it and that soul and spirit came into that person's body. And we were supposed to live forever. That's what was going to happen. We were going to live forever in the Garden of Eden and fellowship with God and everything was going to be good. And because of that, and because of sin coming into our lives, our bodies now die. Our bodies now get sick. And the longer society goes on, the more and more sicker we get, the more and more sickness we have, the more and more disease we have, the more and more evil we have, because sin is a terrible thing. Just remember that. Just remember that you may start off, and it may start off in your life with just a little sin, but sin is a terrible thing. Just like it, that sin in the garden, I mean, that was a terrible sin. But throughout history and throughout society and throughout year after year after year, sin just got worse and worse and worse. What's well, the same thing with us personally? You know, it may start out just a little sin, but that sin will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger if you don't turn it over to God and let God rebuild you. And that's what I'm saying, the physical rebel, because our bodies are wasting away. The Bible says that. So, so the first thing God wants to do is this. God wants to rebuild your body. And you go, well, I hope he rebuilds my body. But yet he will, because the Bible says this. The Bible says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. So because of what happened in the garden, this body now is perishing. We get old. Our bones hurt. We get wrinkles. All that stuff happens to us. And yet it says here, for our light affliction, which is in the moment, is working for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but are the things that are not seen, which is talking about where God is, what God's doing with us physically. And so God has given us these bodies. Now, I, so he's got a, he, he's also found a way to rebuild these bodies. And so there's two ways we're going to look at this. Number one, God's already rebuilding your body. Do you know that one day you're going to have a new body? Hallelujah. You're going to have a new body. That's what the Bible says. We'll get to that in a minute. And so you have, but because he's rebuilding you. And if you're a Christian, if you have Jesus in your heart, he's given this body to you for a purpose. So this body right now that has been saved from sin, God is rebuilding this body now in this life for a purpose that you have in this life. See, we don't just look, I mean, we look forward to what's going on in heaven, but we also look forward to what God's doing with us right now, rebuilding our body. See, the Bible says this. The Bible says that, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple, God will destroy him, for the temple is God's holy, which temple you are. So in the creation of your body, as, even though it's a sin-natured body and this body is wasting away, don't you waste away with it. Don't waste your body away. Use it for what God has you for. God has you for his glory and God has you for his purpose. And many times what happens is this. He wants you to be here as long as you can be here because he wants you to make a difference in this world and take as many people to heaven with you that you can possibly take. 
He's not wanting to see how much money you can make. He's not wanting to see how many friends you can make. He's wanting to see how many people you can take to heaven because your purpose on earth is to show God's kingdom here on earth to be able to win people, to tell them about Jesus Christ, and then they come to know the Lord. In every situation that you're in, it should be a situation where you use your body, the, the, the healthy body or the body that God's given you. Remember, it's wasting away. Everybody in this room, and I don't want to be a downer, but everybody in this room one day will die. This body will give out. And so God's purpose for you right now in your life is this. He wants you to use this body that he's given you because he's already rebuilt you a new body. And we'll get to that. He wants you to use this body on earth to do what you need to do to win as many people to the Lord as possible. And so what happens many times to many of us is we waste this body. We waste this body before we even get the new body. He wants you to take care of this body. It's a temple. He created this body. Nobody else created this body. God created this body. He is a creation. It's just marred with sin. That happened way back in Genesis 3. And yet in the rebuild, he wants you to share the gospel with as many people because they need to be rebuilt too. Because look how sad it would be for a person to go through their whole life with a body and not know the Lord and their spirit not change. And then when they die, they spend eternity separated from God. That's terrible. And yet he wants to give you a new body. And so what are you doing with this body that you have right now? What are you doing with that? Are you sharing the gospel with people? You know, I, I looked at something that I had written a long time ago, and just, I'm going to go through it real fast, talking about our body. That's why, for you to take care of your body, I'll probably make a 70 on this, but I'm, you know, 70 is still passing, but I don't think it's, I think God wants me to do better. Physical exercise is important. You know, our body that God's given us, it talks about in the scripture in 1 Timothy, for while bodily training is of some value, we all know that godliness is a better value. But yet in that, godliness is a better value, but it's also saying here that we should have some kind of bodily training. We should have exercise that we should do. Are you taking care of your body so you can live longer to share the gospel with people? I also wrote this, be careful what you put in your body. Drugs, alcohol, kind of food. Be careful what you put in your body because God wants you here as long as he can, that he has given you to be able to share the gospel with people. And so you have to be careful what you put into your body. The third is this. Understand that sin our sin nature has already destroyed our body, right? I mean, we know that. That's why our bodies are going to die. But sin that we choose to do and not following God can physically harm us. And I found some things that, that talk about that. And it says in Proverbs 3, My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for lengths of days and years of life and peace that will be added to you. So the Bible's saying that if you follow God, 
and you keep his commands, he knows more than any of us know about this body and he knows more than us about everything with this life. So you read the word of God and when you read the word of God, it says here in Proverbs 3 that your life, there'll be some days added to your life. That's pretty good, isn't it? You look at God's commands. Proverbs 10, 27 says, the fear of the Lord prolongs your days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And so it's saying here that if you fear the Lord, that's not being scared of the Lord, but be in awe of the Lord. Know that the Lord is God. Know the Lord is boss. The Lord is the king. You're not the boss. You're not the king. The Lord is. And so it says here, you fear the Lord, not knowing that, and that your days are going to be honored. If the students were in here, I would tell them in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, I would tell them that the Bible even says that if you honor your parents, which it does, your days will be longer. Probably because your parents won't kill you, but that, that's another story for teenagers. The Bible also says that when you're taking the Lord's Supper, physically taking the Lord's Supper, if you do it in an unworthy manner, it, it hurts you physically. So what the Bible's saying. See, the Bible... God wants us to take care of this body that we have right now that he's given us for his purpose to share the gospel with other people. And it's saying, you know, if you, if you take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, that can affect you physically in your body. The Bible also says in the scripture and in Corinthians and other areas that um, sexual sins affect your body. It says this, that uh, it talks about it every other sin a man commits is outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And so he's saying the sexual sins can affect you physically. And that's a sin that you have. So you gotta be careful with that. It also talks about hidden sins. If you remember David hid his sin for a year and a half, never confessed it to God. And it says in the Bible, especially in, in Psalms, how that just ate away at him. Just the, the guilt just weighed him down. And see, we never want to be like that. I, and I hope as a Christian, I hope as, you, as we walk with God that, that we make a commitment that, God, I, I don't want to be that way. It doesn't mean you'll be imperfect all the time. I'm not asking that. Because we're, we're going to do, you know, we're going to fail sometimes. We're going to mess up sometimes. But at the same time, I'm saying that that should be our heart goal. It's to, it's to be as physically able to do God's work as we can possibly do. That's the most important thing that you can ever look at because God is rebuilding, physically rebuilding you. Listen to what this says. It says, and this is great, and what it says about God, it says this, and this is in the scripture. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. So that scripture says this. The scripture saying, hey, we're going to have a new body made by God. God's working on your body. God's already working on your body. We grow weary in our present body, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. 
While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Have you ever grown inside? Like when you get out of bed, oh, and you go, I made it. I made it, made it out of bed another day. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will swallow up by life. God himself has prepared for us this as a guarantee he has given us the Holy Spirit. And it says, so we are confident even though that we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. But then it goes on to say to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. God is gonna give you a new body someday. It says it in the word of God. A physical rebuild he is doing for you right now. But we have to have a responsibility in how we're gonna do for what God wants us to do because God has everyone in this room has a purpose for you physically to win as many people to the Lord as possible to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And he's done that with the promise of the rebuild of your body when you get to heaven. But he wants you He's given you a purpose to share the gospel. And so he wants you to stay strong. So do everything you can possibly do that the Bible is saying, you know, be careful. Exercise, eat right, watch what you put in there, or hidden sins, sexual sins, different sins. Be careful what goes on in your life so you do not physically wear your body out before God really even intended that to do. That's the physical rebuild. Now, the second one that I have is, you can guess it, it's the spiritual rebuild, which is really the most important. God gave us these bodies, but then what God did is he breathed into man, and the soul became a purpose, and we all have a soul. And so when we die, these bodies, which now are marred with sin, are no more. They, they are here in the casket, and the urn, however it is, they're there, but our soul is what goes to heaven. So we need a spiritual rebuild. And the spiritual rebuild comes through salvation. First of all, you must know for sure, 100%, without any doubt, that you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, and that Jesus Christ has come into your heart, he's forgiven your sins, and now you are forgiven under the blood of Jesus Christ and God has spiritually rebuilt you through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to get to heaven but through Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because the word of God promises that and the word of God says that. And so I know this, you have to be 100% sure that you know God. If not, you must take care of this before you leave this earth. If not, you must take care of this even before you leave this service tonight because we are never promised another day. Only God knows the day that we're gonna die. And so we must take care of our soul and our spiritual rebuild. See, the spiritual rebuild came on the cross with Jesus dying on the cross, rose on the third day. That was the spiritual rebuild. That all who ask him into his heart now shall be saved. And so therefore, the spiritual rebuild comes through asking Jesus Christ. If you have doubt, you need to trust Jesus tonight and get it settled. Talk to us. Talk to me. Talk to Pam, Tim. Talk to 
anyone in this room, they'll find you someone to talk to. If they don't have all the answers, we want to talk to you about it because it's the most important thing that will happen. Even more important than this body rebuild. Because unless you're doing what I'm talking now, the body rebuild is just the body. And it will just, it's going to waste away. And so the spiritual rebuild. And so I'm asking you tonight to seriously think that. No more excuses, that's what the devil wants. No more blaming people, that's what the devil wants. You saw it in the garden. This one blame this one, this one blame this one, this one blame this one. No more of that, no more excuses. We want you to turn your life over to him tonight because God is calling you for a spiritual rebuild tonight. More important than any kind of rebuild that we would do in Louisiana, any kind of rebuild that we'll do on any mission trip, even more important than the physical rebuild, even though that's important too. It's getting your life right with Christ. That's the most important, to where you know for sure you're saved. The second thing in the spiritual rebuild is after you're saved, we want you to spend time in the Word of God. Get to know God. Understand how God loves you. Understand what God wants to do for you. If we never read about God and his words, we'll never know what's going on. Be careful of things that get in your way. The devil's gonna put things in your way when you become a Christian. Other people, jobs, money, activities, going to put things in your way because he wants things to get in the way because he knows he can't take you with him, but he knows he could probably steal your joy. So he's going to try to put things in your way that's going to affect you. So I'm just saying, be very careful what gets in the way. Make church attendance a priority. And you say, well, you're just saying that because you're, you know, you're a minister at church. No, make church attendance a priority because we need to grow in the Lord. And God has called pastors to churches and ministers to churches to teach and to preach, to help grow in the Lord as you have classes in your connection group and people that help you grow in the Lord. Church needs to be a priority in your life. Spending time with God each day needs to be a priority in your life. The third thing in your spiritual rebuild is this. Be aware of people, places, and things that lead you to sin. Be very, very careful of people, places, and things that lead you to sin. Not other people to sin. Don't tell them, oh, well, that leads them to sin. No, be very, very careful of people, places, and things that lead you to sin. Because we're responsible under God for our life, and everybody is caught up in different things. And so I'm saying be very, very careful of that. Nothing will hurt you more than to make compromises when it comes to God. And so I'm saying be very careful. Our rationalization of things sometimes can really hurt us. Well, I know, I know we're not supposed to do that, but. Oh, I know we're not, but. See, God wants to spiritually rebuild you all the way, and he wants to do that by helping you through the Holy Spirit to become an instrument here on earth 
to be able to share the gospel with other people. If it's gossip you deal with, let God change that in your life. If that's a problem with you, let God change it. Buy some tape. I don't know. Do something. Just let God change that in your heart. If it's what you watch, let God change that. If it's some action you have, let God change that. If it's a relationship that you have that is not a healthy relationship under God, according to what the Bible says healthy relationships should be, let God change that. If God is in the rebuild business, God's the only one that can rebuild. We can't do it on our own. Even though as hard as we try, we're never going to be able to do it on our own. Let God change that. You know, when we went to Louisiana, I think we did okay, but we had to have the right tools. Scott was right. We need more crowbars. We needed crowbars, hammers, nail guns. By the time we were finished with that, to be out of fear, rulers, paintbrushes. That was a lot of stuff we had to figure out. Well, here's something for you to know. God's already figured all that out when it comes to rebuilding humanity. He's already figured it out. Sin destroys us. Jesus saves us. And so turn your heart over to Jesus Christ tonight. Let God start the rebuild in your life. To share the gospel with this world that is dying faster than we even can even imagine in our lives. But you yourself, knowing that you walk out of here tonight, knowing 100% that you are a Christian. And Jesus starts the rebuild. So rebuilding Louisiana was fun. It's hard work. We retired. But God rebuilding us, it's hard work. Sometimes it can be tiring. A lot of times it can be convicting. But we give God all the glory because of our life that we live for him. So, let God start the rebuild tonight in your life. Let's bow our head. I'm going to ask you tonight, if you're here tonight, and we, you know, I presented earlier the gospel and the way of knowing that you, you're not 100% sure, and tonight I'm just going to ask you, if you're not sure that you have Jesus in your heart, I'm just going to ask you to say this prayer, and a little while after I say a prayer and we talk a little bit and sing, there'll be an opportunity you go to the family room and you'll be able to share with us your decision that you've had tonight and but you know if you have never asked Jesus in your heart I just want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins Jesus was a sinless human being never sinned sacrificed his life for you so you can be saved it was part of God's rebuild if you do not know Jesus I just ask you to say this prayer in your heart tonight say dear Jesus I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to make me a Christian. Forgive my sins. God, start the rebuild tonight.